And here we go. Live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios, it's overtime with William Pattison and Dawson Wise on a Friday night rounding out your week. A very cold and uh, wintry mix week here in Knoxville. Hopefully on Monday the the hill that we drive down uh, to the studio will be cleared and uh, everyone will be able to be back in the studio after a um, you know, no one wants to get stuck or, or slide down a hill the wrong way. No. So, um, anyway, we're we're able to be here. We're all safe. We're warm inside, and um, it won't be particularly warm in Buffalo this weekend. Let's get right into it. Uh, Mahomes versus Allen in Buffalo. We're spoiled to get this matchup once again. That has dazzled us over the last couple seasons in the postseason. So many great moments. Uh, the 2021 game where. Uh, it only took 13 seconds for the Chiefs to get in field goal range and win that game. Uh, we've seen so many great battles between these two, two of the best in the league, and we get it once again as the Kansas City Chiefs travel to Buffalo for the first time ever in a playoff game with Mahomes at quarterback to take on one of the hottest teams in the league in the Buffalo Bills. This is only the second instance of Mahomes being an underdog in a playoff game. Last year, he was an underdog in the Super Bowl as the Chiefs closed as a one-point dog. Um, so a couple unfamiliar spots here for this Chiefs team. And Dawson will begin with, how do we think this Chiefs team will perform on the road in a playoff game? Something we've never seen with a Mahomes at quarterback. Oh, we have no clue because we've never seen it. So we have no idea what to expect. I mean, we know what we get from Mahomes and the Chiefs in you know in their road games outside of the postseason, but their only trips away from Arrowhead in the postseason have been to a neutral site to play the Super Bowl. So yeah. this is completely new. Uh, now, it is interesting to look at Mahomes' stats on the road this season, particularly his last five games. 1,300 yards, seven touchdowns, five interceptions, a QBR of only 93. Yeah. Not what you expect considering those games were against the Vikings, Broncos, Raiders, Packers, and Patriots. And outside of Green Bay and maybe the Raiders – not great, not great teams at no. all. You'd expect a lot bigger numbers from Mahomes, especially you know as good as he has been in the division, especially against like a team like the Broncos. Uh, you expect more out of him, so that gives me a little bit of pause going into his first road playoff game. The second factor is the weather, and as I was looking at this a little bit earlier, uh, the forecast continues to get worse. About an 18-degree temperature when that game kicks off at 6.30 on Sunday night. Wind up to 20 miles an hour, which is typical for Buffalo right there on the lake. Uh, And up to four feet of snow forecast for the area around the stadium uh, up until that 6.30 p.m. kickoff time. That's that's not ideal at all. Uh, You know, And maybe Kansas City a little bit more apt to it, but there's nothing like playing in the snow in Buffalo. Uh, compared to playing it in an Arrowhead, where you know where you're getting. Uh, so bad weather and a little bit of a shaky team for Kansas City this year. I don't. It's not a great sign for sure. Yeah, an interesting thing I saw and and kind of dove into earlier in the year because I was kind of anticipating that the Chiefs would not be at home, and I made an interesting comparison to Dan Marino during his time because uh, early on in that Dolphins run. Uh, they had a lot of team or a lot of games at home, and a lot of their playoff wins were at home. Um, but after they were, they had all that success. A couple of seasons after, they started playing on the road. And Dan Marino has an all-time record of one in seven in on the in on the road playoff games. So I'm not necessarily saying that Patrick Mahomes is going to follow the same uh, same path as Dan Marino, but they're very similar. Two teams that started off. And, and started their careers playing at home, winning games, making it to Super Bowls. But when they had to get, you know, uh, had to get a little bit cheap and, and lose a couple of their key pieces because of the contracts, then 
over time, they started playing in more and more road playoff games, and Dan Marino could not get it done. Now, obviously, Mahomes is a better quarterback than Marino. Uh, Mahomes is a lot more elusive, can make a lot more plays, but Marino was no scrub either. Um, so it does raise a question for me, you know, what does he look like in this moment? And you talked about at least his last five games this season on the road, and a couple of them were not pretty. Um, and you got to kind of question, you know, well, is that Mahomes? Is that the team? Is that the receivers they have, the problems? But the problem is, I mean, you can ask all those questions, but it's the team they've got. Um, and I think this is a tough situation for them. Um, I feel like I'm leaning taking the Chiefs at two and a half in a, in a gambling world because uh, Mahomes is like eight and one and one all time against the spread, at least when he's an underdog. Um, not straight up, but just ATS. Um, but in a in a football sense, I think that you know they're used to playing in the cold conditions. Just did it last week and were able to handle the Dolphins. But playing in Buffalo is a tough road environment. I mean, it's a loud place, very passionate fans. Um, I think it could it could definitely play in a factor here. And uh, as you said, we have not seen this before, so this is kind of new for us too. We're going to kind of have to take what we see in this game and and and, and kind of digress from there. So um, I think it's a tough matchup for them, but. Um, I think he's proven that he can win big games. And while he might have not have done it on the road, I think at the end of the day, you know, it's it's football. And it's two teams, and you've got to make the plays. And I think he's had to do that at home against really good teams regardless. I mean, and, you know, having to get past the Bengals last year, having to get past, um, you know, the, the Bills before in years past, it's just football, and they got to get it done. Um, and it's not impossible to win on the road either. We saw the Bengals do it a couple of years ago and make it to the Super Bowl. So I think Mahomes is well-equipped to be able to win. But as you said, and as we know, we're going to be learning tomorrow what that looks like. Yep. Um, so this matchup brings two teams – Ranked in the top five uh, of DVOA defensively, uh, Buffalo at three, Chiefs at five. Uh, both really good units. The the Chiefs' best part about this team this season has been their defense, the most consistent part at least. Um, the Bills have suffered a lot of injuries uh, defensively, but they've still maintained their dominance. So uh, which unit is better equipped to stop the opposing offense? I think it's the Bills, and it comes down to a couple of stats because, like you said, they're very equal. If you look at statistically – very equal units. I mean, there, yeah. there's not much that separates them. Um, for me, it's it's going to be, do the elements force the opponent to run the ball? If you have to run the football, I think Buffalo is in a better spot. The Chiefs rushing offense is 19th in the NFL. That's not good enough to win you a playoff game on the road. No. If you have to resort to doing that, um, you know, with a 20-mile-an-hour wind, with all the snow that's forecast and everything that comes with those kinds of games, you feel like the run game is going to be of importance. Um, and if that's the case... Buffalo has the seventh-ranked rushing offense in the NFL, 130 yards a game. So I think they are more equipped to maybe just make the Chiefs one-dimensional, stop the run, uh, and then make Mahomes try to make a play in bad elements. So it, when you when you talk about that, it's it's probably Buffalo. The passing defense is very equal. Buffalo seventh in, in yards per game allowed to the pass. Kansas City is fourth. Elite quarterbacks again, they're going to make plays. We know they're going to make plays, but. I think Buffalo just has a little bit uh, of an edge. And then when you come down to which line can get more pressure, I think that's also a question. We know what Chris Jones brings to the table on the defensive line for Kansas City. Um, but, again, they're playing on the road. They're not used to this in the postseason. So Buffalo playing on home turf in bad elements, I think, give them the, give them the edge a little bit. Yeah, I think the key here is red zone defense. Yeah. And the Bills are 19th, the Chiefs ranked 8th. And really – 
out of all the other stats, they're very similar. It's like, you know, uh, you know, Chiefs at five, Bills at three. It's, just, it's very close. And I think the red zone defense is the one that kind of stands out to me the most, and that favors the Chiefs. Um, in a playoff game, points are at a premium. If you're able to keep seven off the board compared to just allowing three, that's a big deal. Um, so I, I think in, in terms of who's more well-equipped, I think it's Buffalo as well. Um, they've got some, uh, you know, a lot more uh, guys that can contain Mahomes. I think um, I, I like what the Chiefs have, but a lot of their bulk is up front and in the secondary. They've had a lot of injuries now. Nick Bolden is back for for Kansas City, which is big. Um, but I, I think the Bills unit as a whole is, is a lot better. Um, now, I think, again, the red zone difference, I think, is going to be what could very well cost them this game or, or depict who wins this game. Um, so I, I look into that during the game as a, kind of a key. Um, you know, who's winning the red zone battle? Who's, who's making stops? Who's allowing points? I think that in this kind of game where you've got two quarterbacks that are absolute gamers, uh, can, can win and make plays that no one else can, I think it's, it's containing and keeping points off the board and, and if that happens in the red zone it favors the Chiefs um, now let's move over to uh, the Chiefs offense in particular now one thing we talked about yesterday was Rasheed Rice um, being kind of this now wide receiver one on this team uh, do the Chiefs have enough offensively to win this one um, and it's a it's a question I think has been kind of asked the whole year when the moment comes in the postseason do they have enough um, Rasheed Rice obviously put up one of his best games of the year, um, but this is a really good Bills defense. Uh, can they, can they get it done? They have enough. I think they are better than they were. I still don't know if they're good enough to overcome, especially if their defense starts to give up a few scores to Buffalo. Can they keep up? I think is the big question. If their defense shuts down Buffalo, absolutely they have enough talent offensively. Mahomes, Kelsey, and Rasheed Rice can find a way to win this game. But their defense can't give up several scores. If you get into not not necessarily a track meet, but if this game gets into the twenties, gets into the low thirties, I just don't know. Uh, I think last week against Miami was the closest thing we've seen what we're used to out of an Andy Reid coached offense, Mahomes offense especially. Um, Rasheed Rice, what an X factor he's become yeah. for them. Seriously. Yeah. Um, so Buffalo now has to adjust a little bit. You know, they're thinking, all right, well, we're getting Kansas City. All we have to do is contain Mahomes and contain Travis Kelsey. Rasheed Rice has made them kind of look elsewhere a little bit now. So this is for sure the biggest test for Kansas City's offense. I think it's a very solid defensive unit for Buffalo and not only, you know, on the road. Um, but I just I just don't know. I mean, the more we see them, the more I'm like, well, they're back. And then I'm like, well, maybe they're not. Yeah. Um, I'm just – I'm not sure. Being on the road, I'm not sure. I think the key offensively – for Kansas City is not even with Mahomes. I think it's in the run game. Yeah, um, kind of getting a a second dimension going uh, and, and kind of having something to fall back on. Isaiah Pacheco runs harder than anyone in the league. <laughs> yeah, um, you know it looks like he's running through a door every time he you know gets the ball. Um, but I, I think if this, I mean the Bills defense is is totally. Uh, I mean, able to stop the run, by the way. it's I mean, it's not like something that the Kansas City Chiefs can just do and it works. Um, but they've got to find a way to make it work. Um, because I think if you get the run game going, it takes a little bit of the pressure off of the receivers and off of, the, off of Mahomes to have to make a play almost every play in the passing game. Um, and Travis Kelsey, we've seen uh, a, a lot of ebbs and flows from him this season. They've been really good sometimes, and I don't know if that has anything to do with Taylor Swift being in the stands um, as much as the uh, ESPN people love to talk about. Um, but he's he's been a little inconsistent this year, and I think he's got to 
you know, performing in a big moment here. I mean, this is he's the go-to guy. The defense knows that, but they've got to do a good job of disguising Kelsey as the go-to guy and finding some other guys, other receivers, to get involved and, and, and get some yards. And I think uh, the run game, disguising Kelsey, I think that's the way you get this offense moving. Um, I think it is good enough to get it done just sheerly with what you have at quarterback, um, but there are a lot of things that got to go right. And, you know, the, the margin of error in a playoff game is already small. I think it's even smaller for the Chiefs in this one. Um, which quarterback has more pressure here is the next question. And the final question as we talk about this Mahomes battle, uh, Mahomes-Allen battle, I should say. Because um, they're both two guys that have been here before, won a lot of big games in the playoffs. Um, to me, I think there's more pressure on Allen because he still hasn't made it um, as to the Super Bowl like a, a, a Mahomes has. And I think he still has that left to prove. Mahomes has done it and done it again and done it again. So I think there's more pressure on Allen. He's at home. They have the better offensive unit. Um, they've got a top defense. And I think the level of excuses here are a lot lower if Josh Allen's not able to get it done. Yeah, see, to me, I'm, I'm going the opposite way again. I just – maybe I'm seeing it differently, but Mahomes. I just – because he's been there, done that, if he were to lose in this game and not even get to the AFC Championship game, I mean, it's the season's borderline of failure because coming off a Super Bowl title, you expect to at least get back to the doorstep. Um, and so to lose in this game, you know, and especially it's his first road playoff game, and if they come out and fall flat, especially offensively, they're going to start to ask questions. Well, can he get the job done on the road in the playoffs? Was it perhaps just Arrowhead that was carrying him to those Super Bowls? So... I think there's more pressure on him to just make the plays, elevate his offense a little bit. These are the games you expect him to, to be able to elevate his team, yeah. for sure. Um, but you know, you, you can't lose this game if you're Mahomes. You can't, I don't think. If you do, people are going to start to question you on the road and the offense as a whole going forward. Okay, well, all right, so I'll counter that. What's the narrative if Josh Allen can't win this one, though? See, for me, it's just, you know, with Josh Allen, they – I don't think they don't have the pressure to me, the expectation that Kansas City did. They did not win the Super Bowl last year. You don't have those a little bit elevated expectations, especially for you know Mahomes and Andy Reid who've now won two rings together. You know they don't have as much expectation. I don't think um, for Allen. It's I think it's just the same question we've been asking: Can he get past Mahomes? Yeah. Um, so and this will be another for me. Yeah, the questions begin for sure. But to me, it's just it's kind of the same pattern. We're still asking the same question. Whereas with the Chiefs, we're starting to ask a new question, which is, can they get the job done on the road? Okay, I I can get around with that. All right, when we come back, the Packers take on an even bigger challenge in San Francisco this weekend. Can they get it done? We'll be back on overtime. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team, delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. 
Attention service members and veterans. Introducing the Griffin Law Firm, your trusted ally in military legal matters. Whether it's fighting for your rights, navigating complex regulations, or seeking justice, at Griffin Law, your mission is their mission. Here's VFL Marshall Griffin. As a veteran and retired military attorney, I've successfully defended lifelong benefits and helped preserve professional futures. So I know that when you hire a military justice lawyer, you maximize your chance to get relief. With my unique experience, I can advocate for you because there's no military matter that's too big or too small. Let us help you make these critical decisions that could affect the rest of your life. Remain silent, request counsel, call Griffin Law. For a free consultation, call 888-707-4282. That's 888-707-4282. Or visit griffinlawdefense.com. A brand built in Tennessee and born from the love of the game, Inward Half revolutionizes golfing comfort. Crafted by a former pro and dedicated enthusiast just like you, our luxury performance wear guarantees you stay cool and comfortable through every swing and every day. We're not just a brand. We've set out to create a lifestyle for those who understand that impeccable style and premium performance are a hole-in-one. Enjoy the walk-in with Inward Half. Is your home's exterior in need of a makeover? If so, it's time to call North Knox Siding and Windows. Transform your home's curb appeal with premium siding options. From classic to modern styles, they've got something to suit every taste. Upgrade to energy efficient windows that'll keep your home comfortable all year round while saving you money on your energy bills. North Knox Siding and Windows, get ready to fall in love with your home all over again. Online at northknoxsidingandwindows.com. Back here on Overtime on a Friday night. Thank you so much for joining us. 865-546-8200. Your number if you want to hop in and be a part of our Friday night edition of Overtime as we round out our week. Um, and we head into the weekend where we got some big games and another intriguing matchup is the Packers taking on an even bigger challenge in San Francisco. The San Francisco 49ers host the Green Bay Packers tomorrow night. An intriguing spot for both teams. The 49ers have been the most dominant team in the NFL season or NFC all season long, cruising through everyone when everyone is healthy. Now they did have that little blip in the season where they're missing Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, uh, Christian McCaffrey. They went through a little uh, rough spot, but other than that, they've been perfect. Um, and obviously, the Ravens one was a little bit of a wake up call, but for the most part. They've been a dominant football team all season long. Uh, big wins over the Cowboys, over the Eagles. Uh, they, they handled their business in their own conference. Uh, but now they're playing a Packers team, uh, playing with house money, once again after shocking the world last weekend by dismantling the Cowboys on the road. Uh, two teams coming in with totally different spots. Um, can Jordan Love and the Packers pull the upset card once again this season? Can they? Absolutely, I think they can. Now, will they is a different story. This is, a, like you said, a much tougher task, I think, um, than, than even traveling to Dallas. Uh, the Green Bay was aided a lot by the turnover, the early turnovers by Dak Prescott in yeah. that game in Dallas, and that kind of snowballed the first half um, and gave them a 30-point advantage. I don't think you can expect that out of San Francisco. Now, we know that Brock Purdy has had his issues with turnovers. I mean, you look at the Ravens game, did not look very good in that game. So mm -hmm. if you could play 
play even somewhat the same defense. You could keep yourself in it, but it's it's not going to be like Dallas. You're not going to have a quarterback turning the ball over twice in the first half that snowballs that game. You're going to need another big effort out of Romeo Dobbs. What an effort out of him yeah. in Dallas, 150 yards. Um, but it's against a defense that is statistically better than Dallas, sixth in the league in sacks, third in the league in rushing yards against per game. So you know, when you talk about you need to get the rush game going as well, not as easy to do that against San Francisco, and they are first in the league, leading the league in interceptions created. I think they have 22, which is mm-hmm. a huge number. And for yeah. a rookie quarterback, not a good sign when, you're, when your DBs are playing that well. Yeah. Um, and your defense cannot give up 32 to San Francisco. No. You may be able to afford it in Dallas, but you can't afford to give up 32 in San Francisco um, because I don't think San Francisco is giving up 34 points at home. Yeah, so there are, there are a couple of things that go into this one for me. Uh, first off, 49ers defense is probably the best unit you can play against. Um, that definitely does not favor uh, Jordan Love, uh, who was great last week against a really good unit as well. But um, I think they just did a really good job running the ball early, kind of getting the, the 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 Cowboys off their off their game a little bit. And even really, um, they ran too high for a majority of that game defensively. And I mean that that bodes well for a run game and I think the 49ers are obviously going to watch that film last week and be like okay we're not doing that and we're also not getting bit on a play action after three straight runs either so I think this team is a lot more disciplined than the Cowboys because the Cowboys got a couple of DBs that kind of play over and and try to try to jump routes like Deron Bland uh, Stephon Gilmore obviously passes prime anyway, but uh, the Cowboys have always been kind of a team that tries to jump routes and make plays. So I think this 49ers team is a lot more disciplined defensively, and that's one thing that I think makes it a hard uh, hard matchup for the backers. Uh, the second thing, playing on the road, um, you know, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks go into San Francisco and struggle. Dak Prescott last year looked like crap. Um, I don't know if Jordan Love is ready for that moment either. Um, so I think. If the Packers want to win, A, they've got to do a lot of the same stuff they did last week, running the ball, focusing on Aaron Jones, who, um, you know, if he's able to put up 100 yards and three touchdowns again, I'm, I'm, you know, they could definitely win this game. Um, getting Musgrave and Romeo Dobbs back involved, they were great. Um, I, thought, I, I think Jordan Love just needs to play like he did last week. Don't make any turnovers, not like a game manager, but – Making the right throws, and a couple of them were hard. I mean, a couple of them were into double coverage, just put it on the right spot. Um, I just think it's a tough matchup against a really good 49ers team. And on the other side of the ball, uh, the 49ers offense has the one of the best offensive mind in football and Kyle Shanahan. Um, he's going to know how to dissect this Packers defense that for the most part this season has been middle of the pack. And Brock Purdy, I can't imagine making those same mistakes Prescott made last week, forcing throws eyeing down receivers. They've got too many weapons to do that. I think the CD-DAC connection is just so easy to know it's coming. Uh, with this 49ers team, well, you can eye in on Debo Samuel. You can eye in on Brandon Ayuk. You can eye in on Jawan Jennings, Christian McCaffrey, whatever. George uh, George Kittle, pick your poison. they got a lot more weapons, a lot more diverse. So I think, um, is it possible? Yes, anything is possible. But I think this is a, a much different matchup for them against a, a far better team. I have a hard time believing they can pull it up, pull it an upset this weekend. Um, but in the event they want to stay in, what do they have to do to stay in this game? Jordan Love has to come to play again. 
Yeah. I mean, he's got to play exactly like he did in Dallas. If not, I would argue even better than he did in Dallas, and that's going to be so tough. Um, but you need a stellar performance. Continue to win on the road in the playoffs. You need to you need to have stellar quarterback play. Uh, your run game has to get going. If your run game does not get going, Jordan Love's never going to settle into this game. Mm-mm. He's going to be forced to make plays himself, forced to make tough throws. That, that creates turnovers. That gets you off the field quick, and all of a sudden San Francisco can pounce. They can score a few touchdowns, and the game's over just like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can't have your quarterback running around like you know, like a chicken with his head cut off, running around trying to make plays, force plays. Your run game has to go. Aaron Jones, we know he's capable. Can he do it against San Francisco's defense? I don't know. Um, if he can, I think they'll stay in this game for sure. The defense has to slow down San Francisco. I don't think they have to. You know, they don't have to shut them out. Um, but you have to bend but don't break. Get off the field when you can. Hold them to three when you can. Limit their drives. Um, and just try to give up as little as possible and give your offense chances. If you give them chances, maybe you stay in this game, but this is a Frisco offense that's going for 400 yards a game. I yeah. mean, it's, it's tough to stop both ends of the ball, I mean, running and throwing the ball. Brock Purdy has infinite weapons, it seems like, mm-hmm. to throw to, but then yeah. he can also turn and hand the ball to McCaffrey as well. So if you limit their production, you can absolutely stay in this game. Yeah, limit is the exact word I was going to use. Limit the opportunities. Um, and offensively for the Packers, that's running the ball. Uh, milking the clock, making sure the amount of times the 49ers have the opportunity to get the ball back is low. Um, so, you know, take your time in between plays. You know, a methodical long drive could go a long way for this Packers team. Um, and, and making sure if you're getting in the, in, in the red zone, the, the drive ends in seven, not three. Because I think you only have so many chances to get down there. Um, if you're settling for three, when the 49ers can score in a blink of an eye, um, you're going to fall back quickly if that's you know what you decide to do. I'm not saying necessarily go for it on fourth down and, and be like a, a Dan Campbell, take risks, but you know if, if it's fourth, fourth and short and you're in opponent's territory down a touchdown, you probably need to try to you know go for go for the touchdown. You know get take the points because you don't know how many opportunities you're going to have. So run the ball. Make sure you're making the most of your opportunities. And then defensively, it's got to be get off the field. Uh, third down is money down, in my opinion. Uh, you know, if you want to, you know, th- these guys are making a lot of money. They've got to make that money on third down because um, this 49ers team can score quickly. If you get them off the field, that's already putting you at, at, a, at an advantage because, um, you know, again, limits their opportunities. I think to summarize all of that, limit the opportunities they have to score and, and, and keep a lead in this game. Well, on the road especially. I mean, we talked yeah. about it with the Baltimore and Houston game. You could talk about it with any playoff game. It's mm-hmm. true in the Kansas City game as well. Take the crowd out of the game. San Francisco is a very tough place to play, yeah. uh, especially in the, the last few years now that they've, they've gone back to the Super Bowl. Uh, that, that is not an easy place to go in and play. If you can strike first, if you can limit what they do, get off the field, pull the crowd out of the game, and then you get a better chance to settle in, say, yeah. all right, you know what? The crowd's out of it. They're out of it. They're on their heels. Now we can lock in and, and do exactly what we did in Dallas. They already know how to do it. Yep. It's just can they execute it twice in a row. Yeah. Well, and, and again, that's setting setting the tone early. Um, and the, the Cowboys were not used to being down, either the 49ers. You know, the 49ers have not trailed much this season. Um, Cowboys hadn't trailed at home in forever. And, um, you know, they, they were rattled early. They didn't know how to respond. Um, and I'm not saying necessarily the 49ers will be so rattled they can't respond, but um, just setting the tone early, 
limiting the opportunities, I think, are the, the two keys uh, for the Packers. Now, something that's been kind of floated around this week that I think is pretty interesting, and I, I, I said it in my, my den the other day with a couple of my friends, and they looked like, well, this is an obvious answer. But I, I think it's one that could have a little bit of a debate here. But um, is it safe to say the Packers have the better quarterback in this one? Purely based on quarterback, yes, I think they do. I, I think Brock Purdy benefits a lot from the system that he's in, and I think that's been a, a lot of the, the analysis of him over the course of the season is that, and especially I think it goes back to that Ravens game again, yeah. just where in a game where he had to go out and make plays, he just wasn't really able to Uh-oh. do it. No. He relies a lot on his weapons, and, and granted, to be fair, w- what a room they have in yeah. San Francisco, but you know, purely based on quarterback talent, like I think Jordan Love – in Dallas last week, proved he's a better quarterback already than, than mm-hmm. Brock Purdy is, yeah. um, just based on the, that he went out there and made plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brock Purdy relies on other people sometimes to make his plays. Yeah, and, and the reason why I raise the question is because, keep in mind, three or four weeks ago, Brock Purdy was the favorite to win the MVP. And my thing was, well, hold on. Uh, Trent Williams misses three games, and they lose all of them. Uh, I think Trent Williams is the most valuable player on that team because that offensive line does not work the same way without him. Um, and you could also say Christian McCaffrey's more valuable. Um, the the amount of ways he can beat you, whether it be as a running back or a passing running back, pass-catching running back, um, I think he's more valuable than Purdy. And you could also say you know, Kittle and, and, and Samuel could have an argument for that as well. So um, I think Purdy has done a really good job for what he's been asked to do. But I think the 49ers' limitations are at quarterback, and that's a quarterback making a play. Um, and I'm not saying that they're not going to be able to win a Super Bowl or, or make it there because of that. But um, you have to you have to think, you know, game on the line, who's making the play most of the time for a lot of these teams? It's their quarterback. And I, I, can you name a moment where Brock Purdy's taken over a game or made some big play against a, a team with any credibility? I mean – I, there is some of these Purdy fans will will uh, pull up clips against the Commanders and and you know the Panthers and all these teams are like well hold on that that's the team we're showing big moments against the Commanders. Um, I, I've yet yet to see it in a playoff game, and I'm not saying he's not capable of it, um, but at least Love last week under pressure last week four of four 114 yards and a touchdown when pressured against the top pressured team in in football. Um, so he's shown in those moments, in, in my opinion. He can respond and make plays. I've yet to see it from Purdy, who many people, including myself, still kind of think he's a system guy. Well, and I've yet to see – like I see him go into some of these – even these postseason games and just fall flat. I yeah. mean, it's just he, – he seems to be elevated by the guys around him. And I just – like in this game, if the Packers were to get up in this game and Brock Purdy has to go drive down the field – I don't know what my confidence level is in that for him to go make a play, even yeah. at home. And yeah. that's yeah, that's a problem for them for sure. Yeah, so now let's uh, move over to the Detroit Lions and, and, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, our last game that we uh, have yet to cover yet. Um, and this is a, another game that I think um, is an interesting one considering where Tampa Bay was at the beginning of this year. Um, in my opinion, I thought this was a team that had a dated roster, and was uh, kind of had a guy at quarterback that was, I guess, at the tail end of his career, still getting a chance because I didn't like what he did in Carolina last year. Um, obviously, everyone loved his little Rams game on Thursday night football, but for the most part, last year he wasn't good. And I think this this opportunity with the the Bucks was kind of his last wind. Now 
he's made the most of it, and this team won the division now in the playoffs and playing a Detroit Lions team that has totally flipped the script o- over the past two, three years um, from being one of the laughing stocks of the league to now you got to show up and play. And, and they've been really good at home. Uh, Jared Goff in a dome in uh, good weather is really good. Now, uh, thankfully, they won't have to worry about the weather until you know they may have to go to San Francisco next week. But um, I, I think these are two teams that kind of come in on totally different uh, paths, you know, um, and I think that makes an intriguing matchup. Um, we'll start with this. Um, what's the bigger matchup here? Is it the Detroit Lions offense versus the Bucks defense or vice versa? Bucks offense versus Detroit's defense. I think it's vice versa. I think it's Mayfield against the Detroit defense. I think yeah. it's seeing if he can prove it again. Now going on the road to a defense that has been shaky but has been better at home, I think, mm-hmm. for them all season. So if you can go and prove it again, I think that's going to be a bigger thing in this matchup than the Detroit offense. We know what the Detroit offense is going to bring to the table under under Ben Johnson, and that's they're going to be consistent. They're going to score. My question is, can Tampa Bay match them? Can they score and, and go on the road? Yeah, so to me, I think it's it's gonna be interesting to see this Tampa Bay defense, and they've surprisingly been been good. They've had some good moments. They get a lot of pressure um, on you, and I think uh, golf. We've seen a couple times this year if he's pressured, and uh, I guess let's go back to that Thanksgiving game uh, when they played the Packers. Packers did a really good job of getting to him, and the it, they kind of had to rely on their defense, and they couldn't get it done defensively. So. I think if the Buccaneers are able to get to golf and and get the Lions off the field, that puts them at an advantage. And I think golf has got to do his job of getting the ball out quick, getting it to his receivers. He's got so many great targets. Um, and I think it's just important for them to play off that momentum. Uh, after last week getting their first playoff win in 30 years, the fans crying in the stands, you can see the emotion. I think it's big playing at home once again. Um, but I think if golf gets pressured a lot and isn't able to deliver – then the Buccaneers could definitely have an opportunity in this game. Well, that was a factor last week a little bit, too. I mean, there were a couple times in the fourth quarter of that game last week I thought the Lions may punch it in and score and, yeah. and, and put the game to rest. I yeah. did not think the Rams were going to be in that game on the last possession, but the Rams kept getting to him, kept putting him behind the sticks, and got a couple stops. And that, I mean, that almost escaped Detroit there at the end. So, I mean, Tampa Bay is looking at that going, well, if we can just get them off the field and score some points and just be ahead of them, I mean, we don't know what can happen because, I, like I said, I thought for sure that game was over in the fourth quarter last week, and Detroit made it awfully hard on themselves to win that game. Yeah. Uh, reading off some stats real quick about the Lions, uh, number two rank in passing yards, number five rank in rush yards, number five rank in points scored, number two uh, rank in rush yards against. Now, I think where the Buccaneers have an opportunity here is pass yards against. They're 27th in the league, um, and, and Baker – you know, think of you what you will, but he's shown over the last couple of weeks, and especially last week, he can put up some numbers. Um, so I think this the the X factor for the Buccaneers is going to be airing it out against a team that really lacks a splash guy in that second level for the Lions. That's kind of been their Achilles heel all year. Now, C.J. Garner-Johnson is a big addition. He's been out for a majority of the year with an injury. He's back in the lineup. He's a good player. I don't know if one guy is enough to, to kind of – fix the rest of the unit, though. Um, I, I think they lack, lack a splash guy all all year, and that's kind of been my main angle with this Detroit team. And this is a team that I've kind of predicted to be upset a couple times 
already. Uh, you know, I had him. I had him losing last week against the Rams. I thought the Rams had the better coach, better quarterback, better units offensively and defensively. Detroit got it done. Um, now you've got a, another team uh, with a quarterback that last week put up a lot of yards, and it's still. I feel like it's it's yet to come back to bite them yet, but it very well could this week. That's why I'm I'm so you know wondering about the, the Tampa Bay offense and what they can get done, especially what Baker Mayfield can get done in, in a road setting now, especially in Detroit. Again, not an easy place to play. I don't think Detroit has been good at home. Uh, they've had success in their home building, and, and last week that was a tough environment for for Matthew Stafford. Now the Rams, they got you know razor thin close to winning that game, but mm-hmm. that's what worries me. I think about Detroit is the fact that their their passing defense, their defense has just been shaky. I mean, yeah. it's not been horrible, but it's been shaky. And in the postseason, you really can't afford shaky. Uh-uh. Um, and it's it's bound to break one of these times. We'll see if uh, we'll see if Baker Mayfield can get the job done this weekend. Yeah, well, you know, the Lions have one of the best rushing attacks all season long, but the Buccaneers do a really good job of stopping that, only allowing 95.3 rushing yards a game this season. That's fifth. And also allowing the six, uh, the six best points allowed, only allowing 19 points per game. Um, and we talked about that defense a little bit and getting pressure uh, but it also kind of plays into what the Lions like to do. They like to run the ball, but the the Bucks are really good at stopping it. So I think this is a a mixture of grudge matches here. Who's going to win each position, each battle uh, at, at a couple of these spots? And I think ultimately that's what a, that's what's going to depict this game. Um, you know, Jared Goff has had a, a really good turnaround ever since the trade. I think he's been really good for this team. I, Looking back on that trade, I think both teams won. You know, uh, the Rams get the Super Bowl. Golf now has kind of been their guy going forward at a younger age. Um, so I, I think this is a, an intriguing matchup in itself. Not the flashiest, I think, of the four. Um, just kind of based off of you know uh, some quarterback play that's not great, but um, you know still notable, I, I guess. But um, it'll be interesting. So take a side on this one, Lions or Bucks. Who are you taking? I still I'm gonna take Detroit. I haven't Tampa hasn't really given me a reason to trust them long term yet. Sure. You know, last week I mean we know the countless issues the Eagles have had. We talked about mm-hmm. their collapse in depth yeah. over the past couple of weeks. But this is Detroit team is not a team that's collapsed by any means. No. Uh, it's a new test for Tampa Bay. It's a tough place to win, and it's a fan base that now is completely rejuvenated. I mean, I, this environment in Detroit is going to be probably outstanding in this yeah. game because you get a chance to go back to the NFC Championship game. What, what a huge moment for them. Mm-hmm. All those things combined, I don't think Tampa has enough to get past Detroit. Yeah, I'm going to side with you as well. I'm going to take the Lions. I think if they're able to get that offense going once again and, and again, display their play style at home, um, you know, the run game might not be as, as available as, as normal, um, but I think they've got a, a really great passing game. And I think that Mayfield has been great, but I don't know if he's able to get two playoff wins in one playoff year. Um, so I'm going to side with the Lions as well. Let's go ahead and, you know, hit the other games as well that we talked about. I will go Packers at 49ers. Niners, I think it might be closer than people may think uh, just because of what they did last week. And they're, they're going to be in this game for a little bit, I think. Uh, but the Niners are, you know, the best looking team in the NFC by far. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they lose this game on, on home field. It doesn't feel like they should. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm going to take the Niners. And it'll, but it'll be closer, I think, than most yeah. people think. I, I think this screams a, a big win for the 49ers to me at home. Um, I, I think they're. Their window of opportunity now opens up with the Cowboys and Eagles getting knocked off. Um, in particular, the Cowboys. I don't even think the Eagles would have made it to the NFC Championship game. But 
Um, I, I think the 49ers are hungry. Um, you know, last year it's kind of in the back of their minds that they very well sh- probably should have and could have been in that Super Bowl last year if it wasn't for some injuries. Uh, I think they're motivated. I think they'll get it done against the Packers team. I think it will be closer than people think. Um, I, I'd say around the 10-13 area. I think Vegas yeah, has it like right. Um, but I, I take 49ers there as well. Um, back to the Mahomes and Allen Bowl. Who wins this one? Mm, this one's tough. You know what they're bringing with Mahomes. I'm still going to take the Bills. I like them on home field. I don't know what we're going to get out of the, the Chiefs on a, on a road trip this weekend. And with the elements, how they are, I think it gives Buffalo I mean, the slightest edge. This I feel like this is the makings for a great game. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think this has the makings of an all-time classic again between two great quarterbacks. Uh, I'm going to differ here. I'm, I'm going to go to the Chiefs. I think uh, the Chiefs have proven time and time again that in these games they're able to make the play in the final play that is and even if the other team has made a lot of plays to win the game they can come back in a couple of seconds and, and somehow pull off a miraculous win um, I think it comes down to Mahomes and Allen and who's able to make that big play and time and time again we've seen Mahomes be able to do that I know this is not the same team they've had in years past um, but I think that defense will definitely help them out and I think it's just containing Allen will go a long way um, obviously, I think the Bills have some real advantages defensively as well. But, you know, there's no way to script for any of these guys and their quarterback play. Um, I'm going to take the better quarterback, and, and then my, in my opinion, that's Mahomes. And um, he's proven if he's an, an underdog, he, he can still win the game and he'll make you pay for it too. I'll take the Chiefs in this one. And finally, we'll uh, have the Texans and Ravens. Talked about that in the first hour. Who you got in this one? Ravens. Uh, again, I think it's another game that is going to be closer than people think. In fact, I think it may be even closer than that Green Bay-San Francisco game. Uh, if C.J. Stroud comes to play again, this may be a scary one for Baltimore. It yeah. may not be, you know, we're coasting to a two-touchdown win at home. This may be a pretty scary game. Maybe Lamar has to win it late uh, late in the going at some point. Um, I just I don't think Houston's ready for, for this kind of win yet uh, against this good a team. Um, so Baltimore, but again, this has the makings of one of those really scary games for the number one seed. Yeah. Uh, to me, I'm going to disagree a little bit here. I think the Ravens kind of handled this one, I think, by uh, around 14. I think the Ravens uh, are just the, the far better team. have have proven that all season long. be very interesting to see how D'Amico Ryan's fares against a, a Todd Munkin offense. I think that's the, the matchup to watch out for. But I think C.J. Stroud has proven a lot of people he can play. A lot of people wrong that passed on him in the draft last year. An incredible season for him, unfortunately. I think it comes to an end uh, on Saturday. And those are our uh, picks and our our whip around of all the NFL divisional games this weekend. When we come back, we'll talk about some news out of Atlanta where Bill Belichick might be the next head coach for the Falcons. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865. 
855-966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team, delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. Are you tired of looking at that piece of furniture that is wore down but you don't want to get rid of it? Go see our friends at Sun Upholstery and Fabric. Locally and family owned and operated with over 67 years of combined experience. Located at 8913 Oak Ridge Highway, give them a call today at 865-237-3272 or visit them online at fabricsun.com. That's fabricsun.com and be sure to tell Stan that you heard about him right here on Fan Run Radio. Attention service members and veterans, introducing the Griffin Law Firm, your trusted ally in military legal matters. Whether it's fighting for your rights, navigating complex regulations, or seeking justice, at Griffin Law, your mission is their mission. Here's VFL Marshall Griffin. As a veteran and retired military attorney, I've successfully defended lifelong benefits and helped preserve professional futures. So I know that when you hire a military justice lawyer, you maximize your chance to get relief. With my unique experience, I can advocate for you because there's no military matter that's too big or too small. Let us help you make these critical decisions that could affect the rest of your life. Remain silent, request counsel, call Griffin Law. For a free consultation, call 888-707-4282. That's 888-707-4282. Or visit griffinlawdefense.com. Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. Back here on a Friday on Overtime. Thank you so much for sticking around with us to end out your week. And uh, we round out with Bill Belichick likely headed to Atlanta. Now, these are some conflicting reports. Not anything confirmed yet, uh, but it is being reported Belichick is expected to have a one-on-one meeting with Falcons owner Arthur Blank this weekend after meeting with him earlier this week already. Um, This is kind of leaning towards and gaining a lot of momentum that he will be the next head coach for them. Um, Dawson, your initial reactions when you hear that? Mm, I don't know. Uh, You know, I I figured they would go a little bit younger, maybe go for an offensive guy. Um, I just – I'm not sure how that's going to work out for him. Uh, You know, especially in the post-Brady era for Belichick, it's kind of been a spiral almost in New England. So. With what they have already in Atlanta, already established, especially on offense, I, I would have gotten somebody to tailor to that and also somebody that would go and draft a quarterback. Maybe they trust Belichick to, to be able to do that, but we see how it worked out with Mac Jones in New England. Certainly has not been the pick that they wanted or expected. Um, so for me, I'm just I'm surprised, I guess, to a degree, but also I'm just I'm not sure how it's going to work out. Yeah, so a couple things for me. You mentioned his age. He's 72. Um, if you're trying to hire a coach – um, for the long term, 
how much longer is he going to be coaching for? I mean, realistically, in my eyes, I think five more years would be the maximum. So are you really wanting to invest invest into a guy that's going to be there for five years? I don't know. Um, that's one problem. The second problem is um, you've got to get a quarterback, and he's leaving a spot and just got relieved from a spot where they were trying to figure out that same thing. Um, and they did not have success at all. Mac Jones was good for a year, I'd give him. Um, and ever since, he's been really bad, and that's the reason why they have a carousel every weekend of who's playing at quarterback. I mean, Bailey Zappi didn't work. Malik Cunningham was in the mix as well. They even had Will Greer signed one week. It was a mess. Um, and the Falcons aren't as dysfunctional as that, but uh, Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter are not long-term options. You need to draft a guy. Does Bill Belichick want to rebuild and, and, and you know, uh, mature a – a, a, a new quarterback? I don't think so. Um, I would have much rather liked the offensive-minded route. Now, I know I, I I beat that like a dead horse over here saying offensive-minded guy, but I, I think for a team like the Falcons where you have a lot of talent, Bijan Robinson, uh, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, you've got options. Van Jefferson was a guy they traded for. All younger pieces. Um, why are you going the defensive mind route with a 72-year-old who just flunked out of this very similar situation with some lesser talent? I just don't. It just, that's why I'm. I'm. That's where I'm at. I just don't get it. Yeah. I, you know, I would have tried to get. I would have even tried to get Jim Harbaugh. I think before I tried to get Bill Belichick, he was, you know, way down on the list because it, again, you don't have a quarterback. We saw how that went in New England when he had to draft after Brady. That did not go well. You know, so do you, you really want a guy that? It's going to have to draft a quarterback after what you've seen happen up there, and I don't know. I would have if you had an established guy already, um, like if Desmond Ritter had panned out, or if you had drafted someone else. Then okay, to a degree, I could almost see it because of his experience, the postseason pedigree. I get it, but either way, I mean, you're going to have to build up a quarterback. You're still several years probably from being yeah. a successful, consistent contender. So I just I don't I don't get it. I would have tried to get Harbaugh or Ben Johnson or someone similar. Yeah, I I just I have a hard time. I, I just I really have a hard time figuring out why that why they wouldn't would want to take him. Uh, not that he's a good coach, but um, he's old, doesn't really want to rebuild, defensive minded guy. Also, can we just can we just think on a on a different note here? Can we imagine Bill Belichick living in Atlanta? Does that that doesn't seem like it fits him at all? As someone who has lived who had lived in Atlanta for seven years before I moved up here to Knoxville, no, I cannot. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bill Belichick does not look like a guy that wants to sit in Atlanta traffic on a you know five o'clock on a Monday. No one does. To uh, be fair. Well, I guess no one does. To be yeah, that's fair. Um, but I don't know. Belichick in New England just fit well. Um, and I could, you know, you could say, well, you know, he, he wouldn't fit in Los Angeles either if you took him to, to Los Angeles. But I don't know. I just, I, I don't, I don't really understand it. And even uh, when Gerard Mayo, you know, accepted his position, he said one of the first things they're going to do is with that pick they have, uh, take a very important position. I guess you can kind of uh, dive into what that means and likely a quarterback. And that means, you know, Belichick wasn't able to bring a guy in that was good enough, and I don't know if he is right now either. I, I, I don't know. I don't like the deal. I don't like the move. It's not set in stone yet. Um, I guess Arthur Blank's trying to make a splash play, a splash move. Um, uh, Belichick would put butts in seats, but other than that, I don't think what you've seen post-Tom Brady era really screams rebuild young group um, like a 
like the Atlanta Falcons are. I, I think the the natural fit would be the Chargers, yep. where you've already got your guys. Um, the defense needs some retooling and some shaping, but that's what Belichick does. I just don't see the fit in Atlanta, and we'll we'll have to see how that unfolds over the weekend. Now, um, a lot of people, um, a lot of different coaches have been going around the league. We've seen uh, Brian Callahan from the Bengals go a lot, uh, a lot of places to interview. Mike Vrabel met with the Chargers yesterday, I believe. Um, Jim Harbaugh, uh, yet to hear a formal announcement on him. I've heard some rumors that he might try and stick out at Michigan um, and maybe try to put some in his contract where if they get rid of him, then he you know he can leave on his own terms kind of deal if any NCAA investigation violations come against him. Um, but it's kind of been a quiet week, but it's kind of expected with how many different interviews are being done, a lot of the same people getting tossed around. Um one thing I think is kind of interesting is Dan Quinn fielding a lot of uh, interviews after the performance he put up last week. Um, I don't know, like uh, like the Titans interviewed him yesterday. Why are the Titans looking at Dan Quinn? I, I don't find much uh, reason in that. I would get Brian Callahan out of Cincinnati before yeah. I ever considered Dan Quinn. Yeah, uh, Callahan seems to be who they've kind of zeroed in on um, from what I've been told. Um, now, a lot of people are, are saying – Naturally, that brings T. Higgins along with them because um, Higgins is from the area, his offensive coach, um, and he's a free agent. Now, that would be a, a big acquisition for them. Um, but does T. Higgins want to go and play for the Titans with a quarterback that may or may not work out? Now, I know Levis has been good, and I think he could work out, but um, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know how a, a attractive uh, going to Tennessee is right now. I think they're still in a rebuild. The money could talk, though. Well, and, like and the money talked loudly for uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I'm very surprised he still did that because well, can you imagine where the Chiefs would be right now if DeAndre Hopkins decided, hey, I'll go on a one year deal, prove my stock, you know, boost my stock, and, you know, take another deal Do elsewhere? Do you think we would have been talking about the Chiefs' offense being mediocre for the past several weeks? I mean, I, I don't think so. I don't myself. think so. If he had a sure, like, number one option like that, along mm-hmm. with Kelsey and now Rasheed Rice growing into that role. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't think we would have even been talking about them struggling. I, I still can't believe that, that that it didn't happen for both sides. I think for Hopkins, it would have been an opportunity to get really good numbers with a quarterback and Patrick Mahomes. He just did that with Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, uh, Smith-Schuster went there on a one-year deal, proved himself, gets a big deal from the Patriots. I, I thought that would have been the nice route for Hopkins. Obviously, he disagreed. Money talks. Um, for me, it's also the opportunity to go win a championship. Yeah, something you have yet to do. Something you thought you were going to do in Arizona. We mm-hmm. see how that turned out. Yeah. Um, but an opportunity to at least get yourself close to a ring, which is what every player wants to do, is win a Super Bowl. It would have been the best situation, I think, for him to do it. Yeah, I agree. I'm right there with you. All right, that's going to wrap us up here on overtime. After this snowy week, we had a couple of days we were off. Got back in here on Thursday and Friday. Thank you so much for joining us. If you did this week. Um, to the people listening on SoundCloud, you're going to notice that first hour is not there. We had some complications, and so sorry about that. But our second hour will be on SoundCloud for you able to listen as well to our podcast portion. For William Patterson and Dawson Wise, that's going to wrap us up here on Overtime. We'll see you next week.